We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. In 2003, Nike signed 13-year-old Freddie Adu to a seven-figure contract. But Freddie didn't live up to the hype. He has turned down every single documentary project looking closely at the details of his career. Until now. People are going to look at everything you did because of the hype surrounding your arrival and what they think you can be. I'm Grant Wall, and this is American Prodigy, Freddie Adu, from Blue Wire Podcasts. Feel like Kobe in a fourth quarter. This is the Dane Moore NBA podcast brought to you by Blue Wire Podcast. And today's show will continue Beat Writer Week. Just a really, really creative <laughs> title by me for the week. Um, John Krasinski um, of The Athletic joined on Tuesday. Chase Frederick of the Pioneer Press on Wednesday. And their bitter, bitter rival, Chris Hine. Oh, from... yeah. Such a, <laughs> such a bitter rivalry we all have. <laughs> uh, Chris is from the Star Tribune. He's their Tim Rolls beat writer. Uh, you guys all know who he is. He's um, joining me today. Chris, we were just chatting a little bit before this, but I, I miss seeing all of you beat writers. Yeah. <laughs> in person. I, I, do, I do, too. It's, you know, it's one of the fun parts about this job is seeing you guys and chatting and just you know spending – hours waiting for a couple <laughs> for a few minute interviews with players and most of that time is spent just us just bsing around it, uh, before after practices exactly today we had to wait a while for d'angelo and mm-hmm. i mean we we totally could have done our fantasy football waivers together you know it got delayed this week right no but i'm I, I talked to john about this a little bit too like mm-hmm. i i mean you're obviously gonna you're gonna be at all the the home games right 
Yeah, and I think I'm going to try to travel to the away games as well. All of them? Um, wow. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna see how it goes um, early on in the season. Um, see how comfortable I feel. See how you know the access is just the experience of covering it on the road this year. Um, right. But I'm gonna get I'm gonna give it a shot uh, or at least or at least to start the year. And like I said, we'll just see how it goes. Huh. I I guess I was kind of under the uh, assumption that it would just kind of be operating on the road, sort of the way it has been with practice, where we're just it's Zoom calls. But I guess maybe. Do you think you would be in person yeah. then, or I, I don't know? No, for, for, from everything I've heard, no, we won't. We won't have like in-person access. That's not going to uh, happen. I'm I'm not sure, you know, um, how it's all exactly going to work. But the the gist of of what I'm, you know, what we've heard is, you know, uh, you know, there won't be in-person access. Everything will be done via Zoom. Like right. I said, we're, I think we're just going to try it out and see how it goes and see how you know, how the access is, how the experience of, of seeing the game, if that adds anything. To I, I my, think it will, man. I mean, I, I think so too. If there's like why, 50 people in the stadium. We're going to try it. Yeah. 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 100%. Um, so, so like I said, we're at least to start, we're going to see how it goes. And then after a few games, we'll evaluate it. And uh, I sound like Gerson Roses right now, but uh, we'll evaluate <laughs> it. And, uh, and uh, then we'll, we'll go from there. Um, but, but I think the first, you know, couple trips That's we're going to go on. That's cool. Yeah. Um, well, the, the access we've had this week has been to um, over Zoom, and in the last two days, it was Malik Beasley um, and Juancho Hernan Gomez did a, I guess, a, in, or I don't know if it's an introductory press conference, but a press conference to announce their re-signings. Um, so we got yep. the chance to talk to them both virtually yesterday, and then um, D'Angelo Russell today. And I, you know, I was thinking about it. Is this the really the first interview D'Angelo has done? I mean, I yeah. guess he was like the draft lottery night kind of was on the screen, but this was pretty yeah, much our first yeah. access to him in, in a long time. Yeah, this is our first chance to ask him any kind of questions. And that, that draft lottery thing was just a, you know, quick two minute thing. Right. Um, so, yeah, this is the first time we're going to get to talk to all these guys uh, since March or April. Uh, Malik was the only one that we really got to talk to mm-hmm. um, uh, before the, the in-market workouts that they had a few weeks back. Um, so yeah, this is a, a first time chatting for a lot of these guys. Uh, it, guy, it, it's just, we have no concept of time right now. <laughs> I mean, it still, it still seems like yesterday I was in Houston. Um, you know, the last game before the lockdown, uh, happened, right. uh, talking with these guys. Um, that was nine months ago. <laughs> I mean, not to get all into like the, the challenges of your, or my job, but it, it's, mm-hmm. I mean, an important part of it. I think, and I mean, and you, you can obviously speak to this traveling to all the games is like, you know, accruing some sort of like goodwill and just, you know, chopping it up in yeah. the locker room. You know, I mean, we've had a bunch of stupid conversations with guys over the years about like Game of Thrones and whatever, you know, mm-hmm. just those sort of things. And I do wonder how that is going to sort of like, we're just going to be these people on the other side of the screen kind of for the whole year. Exactly. And I, I'm, yeah. you know, and day to day, I guess that you know, it doesn't, maybe doesn't seem like a big difference, but over the course of like, you know, over the course of 82 games, the whole season. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we get on a first name basis with, you know, most of the guys and mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't know. I'm obviously. No, I'm, absolutely. Yeah. It's, 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 it's going to affect, you know, how we all do our jobs. Um, for me, one of the things that, you know, as, as somebody who travels, I, I, you know, get to see these guys when not a lot of other media is around. Right. Um, so, you know, I, I'm able to get to know guys that way and just, 
you know, you, you, in a lot of instances, you don't get like, you know, any kind of deep relationships, but you get to, you get to see people, you get to chat them up. And if you have a question after a game or, or a tough loss or something like that, you know, they're, they're more willing to, to talk to you or and things totally. like that, just because they, they feel like you have a rapport with them. So, you know, that's going to get lost a little bit. Um, you know, we're probably, we'll have some control, I guess, over who we get to talk to after games in the sense that we can request them, but how many people are we going to get to talk to? And, and, right. um, you know, just what are we going to be able to ask them in the time allowed? That's all going to be, that's all going to be a process that we're all going to have to figure out this year. <laughs> it's going to be a very, very, very different, uh, sure. media experience. And, you know, I hope, I, I don't know how it's going to affect our coverage. I know it's going to affect mine a lot. Um, just cause I, I enjoy writing the details of being in person in the locker room, what have you. So I already know it's going to affect my coverage. Right. I just got to find ways around it. Yeah, no, I think, I think, yeah, I think it'll be a learning experience and we'll, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll, we'll make it work. And, you know, and to the players, I think it's important too. They want to get their message out there and, you know, in a way we're the microphone for that, that information. And, and so I, I don't know. I, I think, I think it's going to all end up being all right. This is going to be a bit of a journey, but let's start. Um, let's start with today and with D'Angelo Russell, <laughs> just because, you know, the Beasley presser is a whole loaded bag. Um, so we'll go with the happy part first. <laughs> Take the lighter stuff. The lighter first. stuff. Um, and, yeah. and, you know, and, and D'Angelo, he was a guy that I was interested to hear speak. I will continue to be interested, you know, to monitor, you know, how this is all applies to him because – we, you know, we know both know how much this organization has done to build things around cat and, and that obviously that's been a thing there too. And Tiantro is another very important player as well. And, and they need to do things to build around D'Angelo to make him feel, you know, a, a part of this, like a, like a main mm-hmm. cog in it. And I think on its face, it seems that bringing in Ricky Rubio could be a step against that. Now, I don't actually think that's true. And today when we got the chance to talk to him, you know, and obviously he's saying some things that, you know, he knows that people want to hear, but I, 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 I mean, my read on it was, was that mm-hmm. he does seem to authentically not only be cool with the idea of playing with Ricky Rubio, but excited that he will be a player that not only makes him, but this whole group better was that was that how you took it yeah i think i think you know the enthusiasm that he talked about it with uh, definitely came across in our in our little zoom squares um <laughs> he, he definitely he, he definitely seemed uh he definitely seemed intrigued interested um especially as he talked about kind of what the end game situations might be like um just to have somebody else there to handle the ball to take pressure off him you know, in the final minutes, um, that somebody that can make plays and attract the attention of the defense. Um, that seemed right. to be his number, his, the number one way in which he, he's affected by this. Um, so, so I think he's approaching it with an open mind. It, it sounds like, I think, I think Timberwolves fans and, and us in the media, I think we're approaching it with an open mind. You know, I, I don't think any of us has really written, oh, Ricky Rubio means the the end of you know the D'Angelo Russell show in, in Minnesota. Right. Um, we'll see how it shakes out. We'll see how many see how many minutes they end up playing together per night. Um, you know, I, I don't know if you if you've given that uh, uh, how much thought you've given that. I, I, I see maybe like around the twenty ish, yeah, twenty low twenty range that they might be on the floor together. Um, 
So I, I, I'm, I'm intrigued to see it. You know, let's, let's, let's see how it happens. The, the big thing that stood out to me from today was, you, you know how D'Angelo said, since he's been here, I've never played with a big like cat. Right. And we're like, Oh mm-hmm. yeah, that's intuitive. You know, okay. Jared Allen, like he was okay in Brooklyn. And then you, you know, you can't even re- really remember who the bigs were. He played with in LA cause they were so bad. It was like Mozgov right. and Julius Randle and you know, just a mm-hmm. not Carl Anthony Towns. But what he said today mm-hmm. was he's like, I've never played with a guard like Ricky Rubio. And, and I was like, really, you know, and I, <laughs> and I went through it and he has played, He's played with some truly awful teams. And I, I guess we know right. that. But specifically, if you look uh-huh. at the guards, I just like went through year over year the guys he's played with most in the guards. And it was Jordan Clarkson, Kobe Bryant in his first year, Nick Young, Jordan uh-huh. Clarkson his second year, Alan Crabb, Karis Levert his third year in Brooklyn, Spencer Didwinney and Karis Levert in Brooklyn that one good year. And last year, the two guards he played with most in Golden State were Damian Lee and Jordan Poole. And then in Minnesota, Malik Beasley and Jarrett Culver. I mean, it's true to say that yeah. Ricky Rubio isn't only the best guard he's played. He's the only like point guard, point guard he's really played with. Yeah, but also might just be the best player on that list. Obviously, Kobe Bryant's on that Kobe list, but Bryant, that, yeah. that, that's his Kobe Bryant's you know final year. <laughs> Kobe, right. Kobe and Ricky are a little different, but mm-hmm. I, I mean, you know, I'm not trying to drink the Kool Aid all too much on all of this this season. But the one thing I really believe is that. It, maybe it's just because the perception seems so low is that this D'Angelo Russell, <laughs> D'Angelo Russell's going to work out a lot better than I feel like the perception is. And that being, you know, what the hell are you supposed to do with those players? If in fact, Cat and I mean, Rubio, the, it just seems like a player like D'Angelo Russell, it should make a, a massive difference. Yeah. A hundred percent. And like you said, Rubio is probably the best, you know, Kobe's Kobe's time aside, if we take him out of the equation, Rubio probably is the best playmaker on that list. He's also, you know, if you take Dinwiddie and, and Lavert, um, you know, going to be a little different stylistically. Yeah, that's a good um, point. Uh, in terms of the guys that Russell has played with before. So, yeah, I, I'm just I'm just trying to keep it as open a mind and, and seeing how this works as, as, as possible. I think you're right. I think that there is a lot of potential here um, and just relieving the pressure off of Russell uh, in terms of the main ball handling responses, in terms of the playmaking um, that he's not going to have to initiate the offense every time down the floor. Uh, and just, yeah, you know, I, I, and we didn't ask him this today, but I'd be curious, you know, from a, whether it's a mental or a physical standpoint, how much that, playing off the ball versus playing on the ball right. weighs on him from a fatigue standpoint. Um, yeah. you know, it'd be something maybe we'll ask him uh, next time around and how much, how much he wants to play on the ball, how much he would prefer to play off the ball, what that maybe what that split looks like. Um, so, yeah, I think it's, I think it was an intriguing move. I think it, I think it makes sense for the, for the construction of the roster perhaps now and, and just where they're at in terms of, needing somebody like Rubio to, to mentor an Anthony Edwards. Right. I, I think the fatigue points, you know, a good point. And obviously the, mm-hmm. the main weakness in Russell's game is defense. And, you know, I, I think if you aren't pounding the ball on offense, you aren't the guy there. There's just going to be more energy, you know, to, to use on the defensive end. Obviously it's going to take, takes more than energy. It's going to take a lot of things from him, but 
But it's also that, you know, Rubio is pretty big for a point guard. Like you can kind of you could kind of pick and choose if you want him to guard the one or the two. Obviously, you get a Kogi into the mix. He's he can guard multiple positions. Culvert, I think. I mean, at the end of the day, they're going to have to hide. They're going to have to hide Russell a little bit defensively. Right. And to do that, you need the other players he's playing with to be able to defend multiple positions. And I don't think there's really anybody on this roster who's like, oh, they can only guard point guards or oh, they can only guard centers. You know, it is. Yeah. And that you know that's been obviously a motivation at that, you know, Gerson and Ryan have said to us over and over again is that versatility is critical to, to you know, to this roster's construction. And, and really the, the, the two people that versatility would help the most, I think in theory, at least defensively are Carl and D'Angelo to be able to put them on, you know, to be able to slide them around, have them be guarding, not the opponent's best big, not the opponent's best point guard. So obviously a lot of this stuff, we have to see how it shakes out. How's Ryan going to massage the you know the rotations and that sort of thing but that's the glass half full i think part of the glass half (laughs) empty with d'angelo comes from and you know we've joked about this before but a big reason why the jeff teague thing didn't work and i think you go back to 2017 when they brought in jeff teague Mm -hmm. everyone remembers 2020 jeff teague who was probably just washed but like 2017 Jeff Teague as a caliber of point guard isn't all that different than, you know, D'Angelo Russell, right? And right. I don't know. I, I feel like part of the reason Jeff Teague didn't work here was that he didn't like work in the the fan base because of this Ricky Rubio hangover thing, right? And now that we yeah. have this weird sort of inverse side of it where, you know, call a spade a spade, like, fans like Rubio more than Russell. It's just a Minnesota thing that, I mean, you haven't had the chance to witness in person, but you will. <laughs> yes. I'm, I, I've gotten the feel for it. Believe me. Do you I think... work with, I work with Mike Rand who has, you know, Ricky Rubio <laughs> dolls on his desk and things like that. So I, I have some flavor of it. Do you think that, I mean, what, what will that, what could that look like? with for for Russell in terms of you know there there is an element of it where he's going to need to jive personality wise yeah not only with the guys on the team but with the coaches and in the grand scheme again of the franchise because he's the second best player on the team he's the player on the max contract like are we is it unfair to make the Teague comparison is that more a Tibbs thing it didn't you know Russell fits better blah 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 like is there room for concern with Russell's comfort here yeah I, I think it's a good point I, th- I think the comparison is different because Teague was here and kind of was the direct replacement for Rubio it's like they traded they traded Rubio and then brought in Jeff Teague like yeah. this is we don't want him we want this guy in, instead mm-hmm. whereas Rubio and Russell could work off each other complement each other in that way Rubio doesn't have to be you know, he's not driving the show, Russell, and they can work together. He's not a replacement for Ricky Rubio the way Jeff Teague was. So I, I could see it from that standpoint, you know, working just overall, though, you know, will will like egos get in the way if like Russell is like the, you know, if he's 
the second best player on the team. But like in terms of fan adoration and attention and, and marketing and what have you, Ricky is still the, you know, the number one or number two guy behind Carl. Um, I don't know. You know, that's, we'll have to see how that plays out. Maybe that, maybe that becomes a, an issue. Right. Um, maybe not. Um, but I think, I think it's a little different. I think, I think the fan base, at least from my point of view, when the Russell trade happened was very fired up to get D'Angelo Russell here. Well, he's um, like a sexy player. I mean, I think that's going right. to matter too. Like I, I, again, kind of to my previous point where <laughs> I think he's going to have a better year. Like he's kind of, you know, he's kind of like one of those dudes who, who like, you know, that's the way kids like to, you know, go out and play pickup basketball. I think they're going to be impressed by his ability to shake guys, to hit a step back three. Yeah. Like there's, there's, there's a pizzazz to his game where is even like the best version of Jeff Teague is just kind of like, he's a game manager quarterback. You know what I mean? Right. Right. He's not, he's not, he's not flashy at all. Jeff Teague, uh, D'Angelo Russell is in, yeah. in some ways. Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe make it too big of a deal of this, but um, I don't know. I, at the end of the day with this group, which seems mm-hmm. to like be the group for the next few years, right. Bearing trades or anything that got guys locked up for multiple years. Mm-hmm. It's important. The personalities mesh in this and you know, that's, you know, that's a, that's a hill that every team has to climb with, with their, right. their best players. But you know, if we're being honest, it's it's a hill they haven't really effectively climbed with Carl in the past, right? Obviously, Jimmy being you know the the kind of keystone example of that. Um, yeah. And I I do, and we'll talk about Wancho here in a little bit. But I, I to me, there's this like important element of guys like Ricky, guys like Wancho, guys like Josh Okoge, you know, filling in the cracks not only just in a way of like they, they eat up the minutes, but also bringing the main dudes together in, in yeah. that being Carl and D'Angelo and, and Anthony Edwards too. Like, mm-hmm. I think if I'm being honest, it's not something I considered as much until I was in locker rooms, you know, actually like yeah. covering teams. Mm-hmm. But once you kind of start to see that and you see that you're like, Oh damn, like these dudes who like start together and play 30 minutes a night, like, don't have anything to do with each other, you know, after the game, like you, you start, it starts to get on your mind a little bit and, yeah, and I don't know, at the end of the day, you just got to play basketball, but I, I think, no, I think, I think it's a good point because, you know, we, we tend to, you know, and, and reporters or anal, analyst types, you know, we, we tend to just look at the raw numbers and, and, you know, crunch the numbers and things like that. But especially I think in basketball, maybe more so than, than the other sports that I've covered or been around, I think team chemistry and just how guys uh, get along with each other or whether it's on or off the court, I think it matters a lot in basketball more so than maybe any other team. Um, I, I really feel that. And, and I don't, you know, I don't know how you can quantify that obviously, but but having guys here that, that want to play for each other or that, that enjoy each other and that legitimately want to be in Minnesota, they want to play with Carl Anthony Towns, they want to play with D'Angelo Russell, it matters a lot in the NBA. And it matters a lot in terms of the type of guys you might be able to sign, the type of guys you might be able to trade for and keep. That stuff matters in the NBA in ways that it doesn't in the NFL or Major League Baseball or, or the NHL just because the culture of the NBA 
is so much about where guys want to play, who they want to play with, and that affects how good and that affects how good of a team you have. So, getting the personalities right, getting the right people in the locker room, um, the right guys to get along with Carl and and D'Angelo, that matters uh, in the NBA more so than probably any other sport. I I think I'm with you there for sure, and. Mm And obviously the kind of elephant in the room here when we're talking about team chemistry right now is, is, you know, Malik Beasley and what's been going on with him. Before we get into his press conference with, uh, with Wancho Hernan Gomez, take a quick break and then come back and talk about that. Hey, yeah. 2020 has already reshaped how we work and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site, according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly, so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. And now Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. 73% of online job seekers in the U.S. are visiting Indeed each month, according to Comscore. So it's clear Indeed can help get you the quality hire you need. That's why more than 3 million businesses worldwide use Indeed for hiring. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. Football is back in full swing. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team and player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, divisions, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet Online, your online sports book experts. All right, so Chris, Malik Beasley. Um, <laughs> I, I'm going to start by paying you a compliment that I think you are very good at this part of the job, which is the the need to ask the difficult questions and you and I have been on the beat together and our various roles back to the Tibbs days and I remember the first time I really saw you kind of flexing this muscle that we don't all really ever want to have to have the the, you know the, the the pushing the buttons was with Tibbs and you know when the Jimmy shit was just out of control like it was just there was blatant misinformation being being (laughs) spewed out there and and i really i really respected the way that you know you actually you did your job which is you're the reporter at the end of the day getting the information not just copying whatever tibbs wants to say asking those questions i thought you did a really good job with that um not only malik but um 
but mm-hmm. Gerson and, and Ryan the other day too. And and you know, mm-hmm. and I think Gerson and Ryan and Malik all all handled it, you know, a, as they have to. Uh, yeah. Malik chose to not really respond to anything about any of his legal issues, which mm-hmm. makes sense. It could be used against right. him in in court to some degree, but. I guess what was your what it was kind of your mentality coming into that introductory press conference with Malik, knowing you're going to have to ask those questions, and the way that he and the Timberwolves handled those questions, or generally have handled this unfortunate sort of situation. Yeah, it's 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 they handled it similarly to similarly to other uh, instances like this that I've covered. I, I've you know I've been a sports reporter covered various teams and, and leagues for 11 years now. And when you have an ongoing legal situation, this is generally how teams handle it. The person can't really talk about it. Probably the, the most um, significant example of this in my career uh, was five years ago when I uh, it was my first year on the Blackhawks beat in Chicago. And Patrick Kane, who went on to have an MVP season that year, was under investigation for sexual assault for the first month and a half of the season. Um, so that was a very awkward situation um, you know, in terms of talking to him every day uh, in the media. So I guess that's that's a that's a big point where that muscle I guess was was kind of conditioned in me. Um, I just don't care anymore <laughs> when when you have to ask those questions. Right. Um, you you become kind of numb to it after a while. Um, and but at, at the same way that Patrick Keane handled those questions then, which was he couldn't talk about the case, this and that. That's exactly what Malik did yesterday, and it's what most it's what most players do when confronted with this situation. Um, I will say that Malik did pass on some opportunities to talk around the issue. Yeah. Um, we, when we too. didn't, when we didn't, when we didn't ask him specifically about the case and we were asking him more about whether it may be like his, his, his character or, or trying to ease concerns that fans might have about the, um, about the charges and re-signing a potentially $60 million deal when you're facing these charges, he just kind of declined to, to kind of speak up in, in that way. Um, so, and so to that end, focused on basketball, right? So to that mm-hmm. end that he hasn't addressed it. And I mean, maybe this is just you drawing off the Patrick Kane situation, you know, is this going to be something that lingers or is it going to be kind of one of those things that he has his court date on December 17th, which is obviously right before the season, there'll be some sort of resolution and it kind of fades away. Like, what do you think your role is in that, I guess, or how do you think it'll play out? Yeah, I think there's always going to be a certain segment of the fan base and fans that are going to remember this. Even, even if he's cleared of charges, even if he's, you know, and, and everything is dropped and, you know, legally his name is cleared in that, in that sense, there's always going to be a certain segment that remembers this, that remembers the tabloid headlines that have shown up in the last few days. Um, so this, this isn't going to go away, um, at least not anytime soon. And while he's in the Minnesota market, mm-hmm. um, at least that's, that's not my experience. Patrick Kane to, to go back to that situation. He won He became the MVP of the league that year. Um, the Blackhawks didn't win a Stanley cup that season, but he, he went on to have an MVP year. Um, but I think there's always, uh, even even with the, the Hall of Fame career that Patrick Kane um, had, 
I think there's always going to be at least a segment of the of the uh, fan base in Chicago or the NHL um, that are going to remember that that he was accused of of sexual assault, mm-hmm. and so it's it, you're not going to 100% totally be able to embrace somebody like that as a fan base. Right. A significant portion of the fans might be able to. But I, I, I still think that there's always going to be that lingering, that lingering thing um, that, that people are going to remember. Right. And, and in this case, it's I mean, you know, not to make things synonymous to another because they're all very, you know, all very different situations. But obviously, we both covered Derek Rose here. And that was a very present part of even I felt like our coverage of him or the, you know, the conversation yeah. surrounding Derek Rose when he was here. And what was that was probably like seven years after the civil suit was, you know, even put up in, in court. I mean, it just, it does mm-hmm. just kind of linger and yeah. or even something sillier like steroids and baseball, right? It just kind of, mm-hmm. it kind of sticks with you to some extent. So, you know, I mean, and I, I'm just sure that you would echo this too. At the end of the day, mm-hmm. I think what Malik's, I think Malik's a little troubled right now, just in his life and me as another human hope, that he is able to address those troubles. And I think that's what Gerson Rosas and Ryan Saunders are trying to focus on in this situation yes. too. Yes. Is that yes. like, and I mean, this is a 23 year old kid um, mm-hmm. who is clearly mixed himself into some bad cocktails and, and it's not, it's not impossible for him to pull himself out of that. And, and I, mm-hmm. again, I think that's what, I think it's a difficult spot for Gerson, quite frankly, with the, you know, he happened to be a free agent and, and okay. he's up for the contract. You already traded a first round pick. You for already him. traded a first round pick. Yep. Like mm-hmm. to some extent, like maybe the more, the highest of moral grounds is be like, you know, pump the asset and just say, God, we don't want to be, we don't have a, have a part of that. But when you are of, the mind that we know this front office is, which is maximizing every single asset to some extent, you know, like Beasley isn't just an asset. He's a damn good basketball player yeah. who, you know, I mean, and my sort of questioning of the contract hasn't actually been about the contract number or anything. Like I think Malik very well, if he, if he, you know, gets his head on a little, gets his head on right is going to exceed the value of this contract. I could very much see that where he's 24. He should, he just turned 24. He should be improving over, over time. So it's going to be an interesting sort of thing to navigate. I hope it isn't an ever present part of the conversation. And then just at the end of the day, I hope he gets his head on right and ends up being a part of a team that, you know, isn't about that sort of stuff. Like they yeah. feel like they kind of need that. It'll be it'll be the it'll be a real test of of this culture, uh, this familial culture that they're trying to build here. This mm-hmm. is their first kind of real significant test of that. Mm-hmm. Um, can they get help him get to a place um, where these issues aren't going to pop up? Um, like you said, you hope just from a human standpoint that yeah that that that. Lord knows at 23, 24, none of us are, none of us are perfect. (laughs) Um, But, but also your name at 23 and 24 doesn't always show up in the police blotter. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, 
it goes it goes kind of both ways in that in that sense. Um, we'll see. It, it's one I hate I hate to use the cliche time will tell, but but that's just what it's going to have to be. He's going to have to deal with the consequences of this. Um, you know, a league suspension is. We'll see if that's in the cards. If you know there's some sort of plead agreement or something like that, I, I assume that a suspension probably will come down at some point. Um, yeah, tough to say though. Um, and then you just try to move on with your life. You try to get your things in order from there and day by, you just take it day by day. You take it game by game on the court mm -hmm. and maybe that'll help. Maybe, maybe playing basketball again, um, you know, for the first time in eight months will help with some of, with, with some of this and, so. and will yeah. provide a, will provide structure and organization in, in someone's life. Um, yeah, Lord knows I'm Lord knows I'm looking forward to having structure back <laughs> in my life. Yeah. Um, so, so maybe that maybe that all can help. I think, I think too, and and I mentioned this a little bit before, but it, I think a lot of the issue for Malik has been the people he's been surrounding himself with, and and you know to that end, you know you're now going to be in the locker room surrounding yourself with these 14, 15 other guys on the team, right? And and I do think. He's got some good dudes in there to to be, you know, support systems for him to have him focusing on the main things. And I think one of the the main ones is Juancho Hernan Gomez, who those two guys were both drafted, I think, 16th pick and 19th pick in the same draft five years ago. They came in with Denver there. That was one thing that really kind of surprised me in the 14 games we got the chance to cover them was just how close those two are They're Yeah, they're very clearly close friends who feel like, yeah, we came up in this together and, and we're, and we're still in this together. And Malik, when he, he did talk about that during his press conference yeah. and how yes, much, <laughs> how much, you know, it means to him to have, have Wancho be here with him. Uh -huh. And, and really, I mean, I know uh, we were at it at that game in Denver together and the amount of just the other media people we were talking to or some of the other people I know there did not, I mean, it was, so many positive words about Wancho. And they love Wancho that, out there, yeah. And and from a yeah. fan standpoint, a media standpoint, yeah. a teammate yeah. standpoint, like he really, you know, he really does seem like one of those guys. And and I think that again, not just to Malik, but to this whole group, it's important yeah. that you know the fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh best guys on this team are guys that are one cool with being the fifth, sixth, or seventh best player. And, and two, like, are empowering the other main guys to be the main guys. And I really – with that, I think Wancho could be a really good fit in that way. And people are going to, yeah. you know, hate on his defense and, and all this and that. The one thing I always bring up is, one, he shot the hell out of the ball. I think we can kind of bank on that. And he's making six, seven million bucks. It's not like you're not paying him to be a starting power forward. You're paying him to be, like, a seventh-best player on this right. team when it gets right. good. Mm -hmm. And mm – -hmm. Just as I've kind of like processed the whole Wancho thing, I, I'm feeling I'm feeling like that was a a good move, even if it might even if it might leave the power forward position somewhat underwhelming from a productive stand, yeah. production standpoint this year. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you, and you hit the nail on the head. You're not paying him to be a starting power forward, right. to be a or starting caliber power forward. Um, you you you're paying him bench bench salary high high end high, higher yeah. bench salary but a bench salary um to be to be that kind of guy and like you said I, I i i'll go back to that trip to denver which 
again, seems like not that long ago and in an eternity ago, because it was right before the this couple weeks before the shutdown. Um, yeah, I was surprised by just how much they raved about about Wancho from the media perspective, right. at least. They loved Wancho in, among the Denver media. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, a guy being good with the media isn't always indicative of what kind of a guy he is or a teammate. Sometimes people put on airs for the media, mm-hmm. for the camera. Um, but it does it does come across as genuine um, when you when you talk to Wancho and just you know the, the limited time we got to observe him in the locker room last year as well um, seems like a good dude a good fit um, and a good teammate and as we heard Malik say yesterday and uh, it definitely seems like he is that kind of guy who like you said fits that fifth sixth seventh best player role but who but his go- who is going to accept his role and who isn't going to cause problems and who is going to be a good teammate that empowers others around him to do better. Uh, he seems like that kind of guy. He, and he, he dropped the whole, we go as far as cat goes line sort of thing yeah. yesterday and, and spoke yeah. very glowingly, you know, of cat and what cat can be. Who's who, what he's played two games with, you know, in his career, but you know, yep. has played against him and understands that. And it's really important if you're on the Timberwolves to be one of the people out there, who fall on the side of the equation that think cats a stud, you know, because there are people out there, players included who don't, you know, and, and I think it, uh, you know, it does seem that, you know, Wancho believes that and and wants to fit in alongside Carl. And, and I don't know, I think we do a lot of like, Oh, how's the point guard thing going to be? How's the, what's the wing rotation going to, are Culvering and a Kogi going to play together? What matters is how good are these guys with Carl Anthony Towns? He's the best player on this team by far. He's the only way this team ever makes the playoffs or goes further than that is because they've maximized around Carl Anthony Towns. And that's why people get sick of it. It's, oh, catering to Cat, catering to Cat. Well, what would you do if you're building the team? (laughs) (laughs) You have to. You know? You have to. This is is the bet you've made, and it's it's not a bad bet. No. and when you have a when you have a talent like that, a, a big guy who can shoot the way Cat does, mm-hmm. you have to you have to do what you can to to build around him for for better or for worse. You know what the the other thing that stood out to me about Wancho's comments were were the way he spoke about Ricky Rubio and and I think you know just there's so much stuff going on right now that we've you know we can only focus on so many things, but I think there's a good story out there to be written about Wancho and Ricky's relationship. I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> we do this thing where I do this thing where every single time someone's signed, I'm like, oh, when was the last time they were coached by Vanterpool or Prigioni <laughs> or, or, or what's their net rating right. with D'Angelo Russell? Well, yep. I mean, it's the same thing with Ricky in Spain yep. on the Spanish national team. Like that, yep. that counts for that counts Many for something, years. right? I think it counts for. I think it counts for a lot. It's it's it less for a lot. It's less quantifiable than you know. The we can't just like plug it into the advanced metrics thing or whatever. But I mean, right? I you know, yep. and when I was talking to Jace yesterday, and I was like, "Well, don't you think Ricky kind of comes in as the fourth best player in this team?" And Jace is like, "He might be the third best player in this team." So if we're talking about catering yeah. to Cat, we're talking about catering to D. Not catering. That is a like it's pejorative or something, but working around them if if rubio is the third best player fourth best player whether he starts or not it's also important to have players who can play well with him and and wancho has a track record of that on the spanish national Mm -hmm. team yep then you kind of build on that they actually have this relationship 
that you know i mean i'm assuming those two guys have known each other well for uh, i mean eight years or something like yeah for i I don't know i think there's i'm interested to watch that relationship as we're playing the relationship police here on on all these guys (laughs) (laughs) but i mean i don't know i feel like there's something there yeah yeah a hundred percent and and, you know, I assume that they're going to get when, whenever Wancho is on the floor, you know, I, I assume that Ricky is also going to be on the floor with with him. Mm-hmm. I think that's a fair assumption to make at least early on in the season. And like you said, you, you kind of go from there, whether that might be that might be like what the second unit looks like, potentially. See, that's um, what's getting, hard is it's just like no, it's, we, it's we hard keep, to project. We keep doing this thing where we're like, oh, well, we need. <laughs> We need Edwards to play with Rubio, and we need Russell to play right. with Towns, and we need here, this and that. Here. He needs 20 minutes here. And yeah, it doesn't. That, yeah. There's only like so many <laughs> minute squares to be had. I think, I think actually the more interesting question is who, if you're Ryan Saunders, do you try and stagger, not have play together? You know? Yeah. That will almost determine the other side of the coin. And with. With this group, mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of these guys do have pretty clear limitations on one side of the ball or the other, whether it be shooting or defense, you right. know? Yeah. And so I'm very interested to see if he kind of goes with the balancing it out with, like, three defensive guys, two offensive guys, you know, in that, that sort of way, or if he tries to go kind of all in on the, like, hey, this is our group where we run like crazy. This is our group where we we're out there trying to shoot like crazy and we're kind of – not caring as much about defense. I think that like, I think Ryan has some tough questions that he has to answer there in, you know, putting together, putting together a, a rotation. I mean, I like, coaching is, that is an underrated, yeah, very yeah. difficult part of coaching um, mm-hmm. and, and leads, you know, to results like that will, that will define a lot of the, the success of this group. I feel like. Well, you know, to your point, I, I uh, especially on the defensive end, I think back to all the conversations we had with Ryan last year about installing Vanderpool's defensive system and the way that they had to build on it, and they would try to build on stuff, for, add stuff, add stuff throughout the season. You start at one point in training camp, you try to build on it, then they blew up the entire roster at the trade deadline, <laughs> and you got to kind of go back to square one. We're back at square one again with with the David Vanderpool defensive scheme, right? What, yeah. I mean, I, I have no of, idea what I have no idea what it's going to look like. Right. And, and we have, you know, a, a, we're going to have a two week ish kind of training camp to do that. Whatever restrictions happen because of covid, you know, God forbid, if, if there's a player that gets it, they're going to have to shut down for a while. So uh, the defensive end of the floor might be a bit rough. Mm-hmm. Um I would I assume they go really basic. Surprising anybody? But yeah, yeah. You know, I, I would assume, I would assume that too. Which yeah. is which is what they did and what Ryan told us at the beginning. I mean, you think back to that, and I was in Brooklyn with you for the very first game of the season. Mm-hmm. You remember that? And and they 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 defended yeah. really well. They did a you know, I was to say they did a good job against Kyrie, but I think he got fifty. They won the game. Yeah, he, he did get 50. <laughs> they won the game though. They won the game. Josh Kogi had a good stop. But, Trevion Graham offensive rebound. Yes, they won yes, the game. So that, yeah. <laughs> I remember that. Um, yeah, I mean, I I do think they I think they go very basic, and it'll probably if we're fusing together what happened last year was as you said, they blew up the roster and thus, and then cat went out. So you kind of blew up the system. They ran a bunch of zone after not running zone really at all. Right. And so I think the question is, is zone basic? I don't know. Like, does that fall into the very, you know, is that what you start building off of is 
a really conservative drop scheme and and a zone and mm-hmm. and then you try and again build off of that but at the end of the day do you want to be a team who's extremely conservative that's the whole thing that's never really lined up to me i think just in the way they all are this whole system the way they're putting the roster together everything they're anything but conservative it is so aggressive and right. the offense is so aggressive stylistically and it is never like sat right with me that they go but on defense we're going to play i don't i don't want to say high school level you know but like it's just it's just so i i'm i'm really curious about it and the, and the reason it's always something that i you know that we pester Ryan with and he's deals with it even though he probably gets annoyed is that this is mm-hmm. the reason we bring it up is because it's important right like what is the right. issue with this team like I don't know don't you think the Wolves are gonna be like a top five offense this year something like yeah, that yeah I, the potential is there 100% so, but I look at the defense and the potential is there to be a bottom five defensive team so then what even so, are you you're like the Wizards right. last year or something like yeah. it, it, it's I don't know it's one thing I'm really excited about, and we'll, we'll leave on this, is I'm excited mm-hmm. to see Brian really be able to coach this year. And I don't mean that to say he wasn't couldn't coach last year, but he yeah. has been so limited in his year and a half with this team of, God, I mean, remember the year he took over for Tibbs? He, there was like 20-game stretch where the only point guard on the roster was Jared Bayless. Like, yep. what what the hell do you do? Like, what do yep. you do offensively if, if that's your thing there? And then last year, more than Cat missed more than half the games. You blew up the roster. It's like, I mean, people he's could. Gone through two, he's gone through two complete roster overhauls mm-hmm. and, and a significant, if you want to call it, I don't want to call this a complete roster overhaul this offseason, but a significant offseason. Right. Where a lot of, a lot of stuff happens. I so, just. Yeah, you're right. It'll be good and important if you're Christian Rosas or just like the fan base to start being able to assess Ryan Saunders, you and I, obviously mm-hmm. we both have a good, we have a good relationship with Ryan. And I think the tack that both mm-hmm. of us have kind of taken all along is like, all right, we're paying attention to what's going on. We're trying to read the tea leaves of how this is going coaching, but we've like, you know how it is in football where it's like, Oh, Anthony Lynn this week, like totally F's it up for the chargers. Right. And you're like, Oh, he's going right. to be, he should be fired. Like, you or I or anybody on the beat have never really said anything like that with regards to Ryan. And I think it's because a lack of information available. Yeah. Yeah. A lack of information. This, this, he wasn't given the team that Gerson roses wanted last year, Mm -hmm. as we saw at the trade deadline, this was, this was an incomplete team um, from the moment roses took over. Um, so this is the first, this is the first time everybody's healthy now, the start of training camp. He's got, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's, it's not, it's obviously not a hundred percent the roster Gerstus Roses wants, but, and he's got his two, he's got his two cornerstones. You have a number one pick, you have Ricky Rubio, you have uh, more than half of the, of, of a roster that you might want. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, yeah, uh, and so, what Ryan would want, what Gershon right. would want, and what Ryan would right. want. Like, he's got a group right. of, and you know, it's going to be a thing and probably a fair gripe. We're going to get into the season, and the power forward position is probably not going to be very good, you know. Right. But, right. but that, you know, if you're Ryan, like, you got to deal with that. You got to make that work. You got to figure it out. Like, you mm-hmm. got to, you got to plug that hole. You got to manipulate your rotations in a way to make that work. Like, 
that won't be an excuse for Ryan's not going to get out. Oh, we didn't have a power forward this year. So we won 25 games. Like, no, that's not going to be the excuse. It was an excuse in previous seasons because he had no point guard. He had no shooting guard. He had no set. You know, it was numerous flies in the ointment (laughs) that that were there before. So, so really like, I think if, I mean, I think if you're somebody who likes looking at the game that way, this season should be fun. And then two, it should start to tell us about, I mean, at the end of the day, this isn't like the year, of course. But in theory, right. the year is coming in a year or two, right? Where you really kind right. of make your push. And yeah. and if you're Rosa's or if you're a fan who likes to sit there and play armchair GM, you got to go, well, what are the pieces? You know, what mm-hmm. are the pieces? What are the pieces within Ryan Saunders' system? Or is it even Ryan Saunders' system that, that we go with? And I'm just excited to stop playing like fantasy basketball and like oh this is basically just glorified g league like enough yeah. of that like let's just let's go go at least try and get the 10 seed you know what i'm saying yeah <laughs> exactly um yeah to, to that end uh roses has said um uh over the summer he said this this really isn't the year for playoff contention I was surprised I know, he said that to you that was that really is one of the quotes of the it, summer. it's really stood out to me and i was surprised with his candor in that sense um but he did say in year i don't two, like that, that when you don't you don't like year two putting the expectations oh no on well it. i mean i like i like that, that but at the same time it's like i don't know i mean feels kind of I don't continue. Whatever you were saying, I don't want to try to bag on it. <laughs> but you're right. But you're right. Like, like you want to see. All right. So we're not going to be a playoff team, but at the very least, can we be in the mix for a little bit? Can we? Can we be the ten seed? Can we be the nine seed? Can we? Can we maybe jump over a couple teams that that people weren't expecting us? That's what you got to be thinking if you're if you're the Wolves. Um, you know, jump over and the no, and no first round pick. That's the thing mm-hmm. too. You know what? So, you could, Show, show, show some progress so that Bradley Beal will ask for a trade out of Washington, <laughs> and you can, Perfect. you know, cash in, cash in the farm to bring him here. There you go, there you go. No, <laughs> it's gonna, it's gonna be, it's gonna be interesting to track. I think just part of me would like to see a little bit more of a competitive product since, well, since the both of us have been covering this team, it's been the news of the Timberwolves has not been wins or losses it's been what's oh, on no. fire today you know and <laughs> i mean i i think we're i think it would be a nice little gift for both of us and for the fan base to you know actually just be able to be like they lost this game they won this game here's why yeah. not yeah and and watch like uh i, I just want to watch good basketball yeah. too like that's the yeah. other thing i just want to I want to watch a good team play in person for 82 nights out of the year. Yeah, and, and get like get the fan base behind it a little bit. I mean, mm-hmm. to some extent, that wasn't the case mm-hmm. with Tibbs. Maybe a big extent, mm-hmm. you know, even when they were winning. Like, yeah. this should this should be more fun. I want I want it mm-hmm. to be I want it to be more fun. Um, <laughs> we need fun in our lives. Exactly, exactly. Yes. Um, thank you, Chris. Sorry, I take a little bit more of your yeah. time than I said I would. No but, problem. Um, Not a problem, Dane. We'll. Uh, Obviously, we will be communicating with each other through Zoom on these uh, media availabilities going forward. I'm, I'm interested to know that you are going to try to be traveling. Um, remind me to yeah. not sit by you at games. When you're... <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think we're going to be sitting by, uh, by each other uh, at all. So. Uh, um, Chris, you do, you do really good work. I, I mean the compliment of... Uh, Thank you. Appreciate it's, that. It's important. I think that's important. Um, mm-hmm. For for people like me who aren't going to ask that question and are just going to go ask some <laughs> stupid basketball question, you know, you you get the that information out there and um, that's important. Obviously, everybody can um, 
follow all your work um, for the Star Tribune and follow you on Twitter at Christopher mm-hmm. Hine. Um, yep. Maybe we'll do this again before the season starts, but I don't know. The season's sure. the, sir, the season's very soon, so we'll. See. I got nothing else. I got nothing else to do, <laughs> Dane. So anytime, anytime is fine with me. All right, man. I'll hit you up. Thank you. Uh, thank you all so right. much. And. Um, I will be back. This will be my last pod of the week. Obviously, it's Friday when you're listening to this. Uh, and we'll be back with more of whatever this Timberwolves team has to offer. Until then, I'm Dane at Dane Moore NBA. Peace out. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.